I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive I just wanna die today I just wanna die I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive I just wanna die And let me tell you why Man, real nonsense, man Welcome back uh, that intro song It's there for a reason man This record Beginning of this record uh, I feel like a lot of my Commanders fans Can get, get behind that sentiment man that's, that's the only It's the only thing I'm left feeling uh, After the news broke today That the Washington Commanders Traded a, a package of um, Second round in a third round, primarily the uh, second round picks. Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna, not even gonna sit here and um, speculate with you. Two third round draft picks, and the later of which can become a second round selection if Wentz plays seventy percent, and we swap second round picks to send Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. And man, I feel shitty. <laughs> I feel shitty. I feel extra shitty um, because I teased this in a previous episode. I joked around with Wentz to the Commanders. I joked around with it. Just being funny. Just being funny. But now that it has actually came true, uh, I realized that shit was not funny. That was not a funny joke. Uh, now, before I talk about the, the overwhelming bad, let's talk about the good. When you look at what we gave up to get him, what we what we gave up to the Colts, you know, two third round picks, swap second round pick, and potentially, basically potentially two second round picks in a third round. Uh it's a bag of chips. It's a bag of chips for a starting quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be transparent for a, for a starting in a in a league in which you cannot win without a signal caller. Being able to effectively getting one to get one that's going to start for you next year. I mean, let's be honest. He's going to start for us. He's making twenty eight million dollars, five of which we got to give him straight up. Uh, that's a bag of chips for a starting quarterback. He's got two years left on his deal. Twenty-eight mil this year, uh, twenty-something next year, I think. You know, which twenty the twenty million dollar range for a quarterback is pretty standard for guys like him. I mean, when you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's getting the four-year, $200 million contract extension, which is absolutely ludicrous uh, when you think about it. Because, I mean, hey, hi, you guys drafted Jordan Love a couple years ago. What about him now? Now now Aaron Rodgers is effectively under contract for six years now. Jordan Love's rookie deal is going to expire with him on the bench. What are you guys going to do with him? What's the price on love? I wonder if they would have took two third round draft picks for Jordan Love. 
I would have rather the guy who can improve. But, I mean, that's the only good, is that we didn't give anything up, really. Um, I was I was bullying on a Jameis Winston, uh, even a Mitch Trubisky. James, famous Jameis or Mitch Trubisky. I wanted either one of them guys. But I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if a Jameis Winston said uh, he had no plans to play for the Washington Commanders. Much like Russell Wilson did. Dan Snyder has effectively made Washington a place people do not want to go. And that's the crazy part because our fans, we've got diehard fans. We've got, we've got fans that would charge into a burning building on behalf of this guy. You know, if we have a guy, whoever, whoever is the guy, you saw the way we championed RG three after, you know, he had a great rookie season. I mean, let's just be honest. He didn't blow the doors off. I mean, we rallied seven games and won the contrast. It was the best best year of football we've ever had as Washington fans. And that was good enough for us. We'll champion you. We will champion you and go to bat for you here in D.C. But nobody wants to come here because of this, just the flat-out nonsense that takes place. It's bad for your brand. This is the sexual misconduct capital. Not only is the team under investigation for sexual misconduct, but the owner of the team is under investigation for his own separate sexual misconduct. Two two levels of sexual misconduct are taking place here. Would not surprise me if Jameis Winston didn't want to come here. And that also makes me think of how much it would have cost to get a guy like Jameis Winston or Mitch Trubisky in this building. Especially when they're the, you know, to me, they're the two highest sought after free agent quarterbacks right now. There's a lot of teams. There's about 10 teams that can use a quarterback, seven of which direly need a quarterback. And it's a weak quarterback draft that's been said over and over. So these guys can look at as stopgap guys can potentially procure two to four year contracts uh not huge ones Mitchell Trubisky was a washout initially and Jameis Winston uh blew his ACL up and he didn't do enough in New Orleans beforehand to command a payday but for us to make this move for Carson Wentz I think Russell Wilson really uh really kind of showed the world Washington is not a destination uh, self-respecting players want to go to. We offered a better deal for Wilson than Denver did. I mean, a way better deal. We're a way worse team. We're we're Denver. Regardless, Denver in a quarterback crisis and us in a quarterback crisis, Denver still the superior team. Our picks, three of our first round picks are way more valuable. And not only did we offer three first-round picks, I mean, we left the door open. And we almost handed them a blank check. We we, we tossed them three first-round picks and asked if some players need to be tossed in as well. Say, what kind of players you want? Do some, do some players need to be added? 
to this deal in which we are completely leveraging our future. Denver only gave up two first rounds. <laughs> Denver only gave up two first rounds. And some replaceable guys. No offense, good. You know, the guy replaceable guys. Seattle got hosed in that trade. Seattle got hosed. Russell Wilson is in his early 30s. He's going to be a franchise quarterback for at least another eight years. Now people are saying the Seattle didn't want to trade Russell Wilson in conference. And I'm sure there's some truth to that as well. I'm sure there's some truth. Um, I don't want to see my ex-wife <laughs> two times a year. You know what I mean? Me, me and my, me and my ex-wife just had this nasty divorce. I'm not trying to have to see her two times a year, every year, and then have to get past her. Uh, if I want to go anywhere, if my if, if things are going really well for me, not only do I got to see her two times a year, uh, I got to get pa- I may have to get past her late. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm fighting for a division, so I can understand that. But let's be real here. Him staying in the NFC is probably not a great idea. But they considered that haul. You mean to tell me we offered you three first rounds, asked about players that you'd like? You know, we we just we we, we say we're going to open the conversation up with three first rounds. Uh, what else would you like? Talk to us. And Seattle gives them no response. They give them no response. They deny the three first rounds, and then they make a deal with Denver for less. Yes, you get them out of conference, but you get less. And then you look at the organization that is the Washington football team, or excuse me, the Washington Commanders. I mean, do you really think he's going to just come here and shine? Maybe. Maybe not. This franchise has a history of missing dunks. And he's only got two years left. Uh, on the on, on this deal, Wilson could just go somewhere else again. But I believe Russ said, "Hell no, hell no, I'm not going to go play for Dan Dan Snyder. Hell no, you're not going to put a picture of me on the internet, getting off a jet, shaking Dan Snyder's hand. It's not happening." I'm a family Christian man. There's not going to be a picture on the internet. I mean, shaking this pervert's hand. Saying it's great to play for you. It's just not happening. It's not happening. And I can't help but feel Jameis Winston pretty much being the number one free agent right now can't help but feel he didn't share some of that sentiment. I'm not going to this dumpster fire organization. So where does that leave us? That leaves us was making a deal for Carson Wentz. That's where it leaves us. We make a deal for Carson Wentz. Now to get back on subject, like I said, the good. We gave up a bag of chips to get him. 
It's a bag of ruffles. Not even the party size bag of ruffles. <laughs> it's the it's the the single person elevated size, but not the party bag of ruffles. So we gave up to get them. It's the good. Let's look at the bad. Uh the obvious bad. This is the guy uh, who didn't make the playoff. He had the number one uh, top tier offensive line, an elite running game. He still couldn't make the playoffs. Lost to Trevor Lawrence. Lost to the lowly Jags and Trevor Lawrence in a must win game to which he threw 188 yards in a pit. Finished the season 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Didn't even throw for 4K, 3,500. Didn't even throw for 4K. One of the most dangerous rushing attacks in the NFL. Guys are stacking the box. You can't find any guys on the outside. Can't find anybody. It's an upgrade from his play the year before. Still a disappointment. So for the second consecutive offseason, uh, he's been offloaded. And a team from a team that's looking to offload him. That's and that and to me that's the worst part of uh just how spicy and how badly these people want to get rid of Carson Wentz. The Eagles ate a thirty three point eight million dollar dead cap hit last season just to get him out the building. They ate thirty three million dollars in dead money. Just to not have to look at his fucking face. <laughs> and then he shows up to this can't miss scenario, this can't miss redemption scenario. Philip Rivers took these guys to the playoffs last year. It's can't miss redemption scenario. And finds a way to miss the dunk yet again. Yet again. And then when you look, when you peel the layers back, you look into what's what's causing these people to move on. I mean, 27 touchdowns, seven picks, 3,500 yards, nine wins, no playoff berth, and a quarterback-centered lead. It's not, it's not bad. You look, I mean, yeah, you'd like to upgrade from that. But. To jump out dead in the water like this, I mean, Aaron Rodgers off the table, Russell Wilson off the table, and you still sh- you still ship him off, and they say now they're going to try to make a play for Jimmy G. Um, and here's the thing, here's the thing, Jimmy G and Carson Wentz aren't that different uh, quarterbacks. They both got glass bones and paper skin. They're both shaky when it's all on them. They're both turnover prone. But see where they break is Jimmy G for all his failures and fuck ups. He's still got that, that championship pedigree in a set. He's not that champion. He still got that, that postseason pedigree where, you know, he's, Knocked Rodgers off in the championship. He's been to a bowl. I mean, he's a guy that's done things. And he can give you a good performance. Carson Wentz uh, couldn't even throw for 300 yards last year. Jimmy G can get you 300 yards. There's going to be a couple picks mixed in there, but he can get you 300. 
He's also a universally liked guy. All of his teammates, all of his coaches, if there's one thing that's said about Jimmy Garoppolo, it's kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater. Sometimes it's better to be liked than good. Jimmy G's a very likable guy, apparently. Teammates rave about him. They drafted a guy to replace him. The guy they drafted to replace him says he's one of his best friends. He's liked in the locker room. Whereas Carson Wentz, uh, Indianapolis Colts report, his personality is pretty much the reason uh, they shipped him off for a bag of ruffles. His personality. He's not a likable guy. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is what the Colts cited when they were frustrated with Wentz. This says, Zach Kiefer of the Athletic reported the Colts were frustrated with Wentz's lack of leadership, resistance to hard coaching, and reckless style of play. That's <laughs> what we just brought in. So we just brought in on the Washington Commanders. A guy who is not a leader. He's leading the offense, but he's not a leader. Resistance to hard coaching, <laughs> meaning he's soft. That's I'm sorry. What else does that mean? But he's soft. A guy is resistant to hard coaching. I hear soft. I hear he's a fucking cupcake. And if you raise your voice at him, he's going to buckle. And if you look at his career, sounds about right. It's not coachable. It's not a coachable guy. You can't coach him up. You can't coach him out. Reckless style of play, which we saw. That's why he's always injured. When he, he scrambles out the pocket looking for a guy, he can't find him, and then does some little, little sweeto swim move or something. Next thing you know, he's getting tackled on his right leg, and now he's hurt. He plays very reckless. For a guy, and that's the worst part. For a guy that's not that good, why are you reckless? <laughs> why are you trying to extend? You don't make plays as is. Why are you suddenly trying to extend them? It's like he's trying to recapture that magic of his second season before he tore his ACL, but it was like that. He's like RG three when that ACL when, when that when that ACL went. His so did all of his talent. <laughs> when that ACL went, everything that coulda woulda went too. So now we got a now we got a uh, uh, a soft. Reckless non leader <laughs> to come in for the commanders that these guys were just chomping at the bit to get rid of. And that's the other crazy part. It's shocking to see that anybody traded for him after they, they voiced their displeasure with him. I mean, a report came out, said they're 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 done with him. They're tired of Wentz, man. They're gonna trade him, and if they can't trade him, they're gonna dump him. <laughs> Whether they traded him or dumped him, they saved cap space so it was virtual guarantee he wasn't going to be there no matter what so of course Washington the cult saving grace show up to pay for your trash so it's what we effectively did we went down to Indianapolis with a couple bucks in our hand said hey man see you got some garbage on your hands let me take that off here's a couple bucks man 
Here's a dub. Let me get that bag of garbage in your kitchen. All right, I'm out. It's what we did. The Colts now are on the, they're going to be on their sixth starter in six seasons. That's how bad they wanted to move away from Carson Wentz. That's how much they didn't like what they were getting from Carson Wentz. I mean, it's crazy, man. This guy's attitude's terrible. Personality's terrible. Now he shows up in D.C. Another bad part. This is the second time Washington is trying this experiment of dating a neighbor's ex. Second time we're doing the same neighbor, the same neighbor. You remember how you remember we went and picked up Donovan McNabb and paid him. How'd that turn out? I can't think of a court. I honestly can't think of a quarterback. I hate more than Donovan McNabb. I hate Donovan McNabb with a white hot passion. I hate that guy, man. I mean, talk about an underserved uh, sense of accomplishment. The guy, the guy, the guy lost one Super Bowl and just, it just, just holds on to this idea that he's a Hall of Famer. Donovan McNabb is ass. All right. Guy showed up for the Super Bowl, hung over and threw up in the fucking huddle. The guy is ass. Hated on RG3 before he even suited up. So that's all Donovan McNabb can do is toss hate around. So he's ass. Donovan McNabb is ass. And what do we do? Grab yet another. Eagles retread that they're done with dating the neighbor's ex. We li- we live in the same neighborhood with this guy. We watch him. We watch him show up. Some new hotness hop out his whip and for for weeks and months, years. We're watching this guy, watching our neighbor. We don't really talk to our. We don't really talk to this neighbor that much because we we don't really like him. But he's our neighbor, so we're just uniquely tapped in on what he's doing for no better reason than our vicinity. We're just close. I see his broad getting in and out the car. I see this broad going to get the mail. You know, when I'm cutting the grass, I'm waving at her. We've had conversations at the supermarket. So for a period of time, I watched my neighbor procure this woman and then proceed to watch her just go to shit. Just watch her go to shit. She looked fine as hell when he first started showing up with her, but now she's just gone to shit. Hair's all fucked up. She's not taking care of herself. She's got the saggy eggs going on up front. The cheeks are lifeless now. She just, just looks beaten down. She looks like she's beaten down and just out of it. And then we catch her at the park one day and say, hey, <laughs> you want to come fuck with me? Don't look like you're having too much fun over there. Want to come over here? And now she's pulling up to our house. She's pulling up to our house. While our neighbor has a good old laugh. Because he's been trying to get rid of her. Clearly, look at her condition. Look at how she looks. He's He's been trying to get rid of her for some time now. But he's more or less a stand up guy. Just doesn't want to kick her to the fucking curb. So the good old Washington commanders, your good old neighbor, will take her off your hands because that's what we love. We 
Washington, we love nothing more than a trashy chick, man. We love a trashy, we love a trashy chick, man. Just, just, a, just a trashy. You had her when she was nice and put together in a class act. We don't want that. We want her when she's trashy. You didn't had her for a couple years. You didn't got sexually experimentative. You know, a couple of your boys just came through and hit. Then you know, went to a couple swingers club with her. You know, just 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 beat her down and ran her through. That's when we want her. That's when she looks attractive to us. I mean, for the second time, we are taking a washed out, burnt out, former Eagles franchise guy. It's embarrassing. The only way it's not embarrassing is if we fix her up. If she comes here with us, we, we get her a BBL, kid her up, put some red box, you know, just, just kid her up from the feet up, just read like the $6 million man, just rebuild her. That'd be nice. But when does it go like that? What are the chances? Let's just be, be realistic with yourself. What are the chances? What are the chances that Carson Wentz comes to D.C. and is able to recapture the magic of, from his second season in the NFL. He's washed out from two teams. Now he's here with us. It hurts, man. As a fan, I don't want to be alive. This is the product we got to watch next year. Carson Wentz. We got to watch Carson Wentz throwing picks and getting hurt. That's what we we got to look forward to next season. Carson Wentz is probably going to play 10 games. But hope is not lost. Like I said, we get her that BBL. We got a brand new fucking bag. We got a brand new bag with Carson Wentz. But much like uh, Carson Wentz producing for the Washington Commanders, much like a BBL, it's a tall order. Got to find somebody to do it. You may have to fly there. You may have to pay to stay. You may have to fly back. You got to recover. Uh, you got to tell your job something. There's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of work and a lot of moving parts. It's a tall order just to have an attractive spouse. But if it works, it's worth it. We already failed at this with McNabb. Trying again. For no better reason than he might be the only guy the commanders could get. Might be the only, might be the only, the only way we get a, even a name at quarterback uh, is if we get somebody to come play for us that didn't really have a say in it. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's a good chance Jameis was not coming here, man, and Mitch was not coming here either, and maybe the word had been put out that they weren't coming here. We still got options. You got the 11th pick. It's not a good quarterback draft, but I mean, hell, we can 
We could take a quarterback if one falls to us. See what happens. I mean, that's the only bright the only bright spot here is that a uh, there's the possibility of the overhaul, and yeah, we got our neighbor's second ex, but maybe this is the one that was really our soulmate, and she really turns it around for us. You know, maybe this guy this guy says he's resistant to hard coaching. Uh, there's one thing there's a shortage of in Washington. It's hard coaching. <laughs> I imagine there's a shortage of that. I haven't seen anybody come to D.C. and get better. So, you know, maybe it's fit. And if it's not a fit, uh, we still got those three. We still got those first round picks uh, that Russell Wilson shit on us about, you know, decided he was too good for, which he is. We still got those. And that's the big thing. We're over here offering up picks like we're the Rams or something like we can afford not to select first round talent three years in a row. I don't know what product Ron Rivera, Mike Mayhew. I don't know what product they're seeing on the field uh, that can afford to go three years without first round draft talent. But uh, thank God uh, that's off the table because we need first round picks for the next three years. But that's the skinny of it, man. I told a joke. <laughs> told a joke about Wentz coming to the Commanders. And now that it's happening, I don't even have a rager to say I told you so. Or no. You know what I mean? The fact that I predicted this is not exciting. It's not exciting. But it's not necessarily an all-is-lost moment either. It's just... Uh, just not sexy, man. Just the commanders making more unsexy moves. I can't call it real nonsense. I can't call it nonsense because there's a very real chance that that was the only move we could make. You know, Russell Wilson may have exposed us. Russell Wilson has exposed D.C. as not a destination to come to. We are not a free agent destination. We're not a franchise quarterback destination. We are not a desirable place to play football. And Russell Wilson highlighted that. So Carson may have been the only chick at the, may have been the only date for the problem we realistically could have got. Because Mitch Trubisky is going to receive offers. Jameis Winston is going to receive offers. They got options. Those two guys got options. And the thing is, anybody with options probably ain't playing for the commanders. We need guys with no options. And if there's if Carson Wentz is nothing else, uh, he's a guy with no options. So I don't know, man. We'll see. See how it goes. Uh, going to end you off on some NBA talk, man. Going to end you off. I'm going to talk about two guys, man. Man, I have a I have a funny thought and two guys I'm going to talk about. Two guys I'm going to talk about: Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. And I've got an update on Bradley Beal. But before we get to that, I'd like to highlight that that 08 Celtics team that won that championship that never let you talk, never let you forget it. Uh, they're just constantly taking L's, man. The most recent one, Glenn Big Baby Davis, sitting courtside at a Celtics game. They caught this guy getting kicked out of his seats. <laughs> 
getting kicked out. He's sitting in somebody else's courtside seats, and the camera cuts to him, and right when it does, three gentlemen tapping on his shoulder saying, man, you need to get the hell up out of our seats, man. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I, more important, I don't care who you think you are. Because that's really the, to the essence of the kind of guy uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis is. He's a guy who thinks he's a guy. He thinks he's somebody. You know? He got some of that love. That love you show the guy, you know what I mean? You know, the, the guy on the high school basketball team, the big boy who ain't really that good, but, you know, he got heart and he hustle. And it's, it's cool to make him, it's cool to show him love. He's a friendly guy, maybe. He may have a good personality. It's cool to show him love. And then he lets it go to his head and starts thinking he's a good basketball player. That's big baby Davis. Getting kicked out of courtside seats on live TV like a fucking bozo. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. But Russell Westbrook, man, if you're an average listener of the Real Nonsense podcast, you heard my co-host Flim defending Russell Westbrook and the scrutiny he's receiving. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, he makes some great points. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me open up with that. He makes some great points about Russell Westbrook. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a generational talent at the point guard position. I mean, he's just flat out doing things that are amazing to see. He can jump out the gym. Well, he used to be able to jump, but he still kind of can jump out the gym. Uh, Allen Iverson's a great comparison. He's just a, and I, I will admit, he's probably better than Allen Iverson with the other stuff he's able to do on the court. Allen Iverson was a, Far superior ball handler and shooter, but you know the rebounds, the assists, you know. But just like Iverson, uh, he's a great individual player. He's got all these talents and skills that look great individually, but ultimately amount to nothing because basketball is a team sport. It's a team sport doesn't matter how great your individual game is if you can't synchronize and harmonize with other guys and win uh, it doesn't mean anything and that's where Westbrook is he's finally got to a point in his career where it doesn't mean anything all he was getting all that love especially after Durant left for sticking it out putting the numbers up the triple doubles averaging the triple double he was getting a lot of love for his individual accolades because he was the only name on the team. And they were well deserved. It was well-deserved loved. Well-deserved love. But as your career gets on to its later twilight stages, you are judged by winning. I mean, it's that simple. When you become a seasoned veteran guy, You're judged on your ability to compete and win. And for all his points and amazing things he can do, Russell Westbrook has never been a winner. He's a perennial loser. He's a perennial loser. Now, I will say this. One thing I don't blame Westbrook for, I don't blame Westbrook for OKC never winning a title. I blame Kevin Durant for that. Kevin Durant, best scorer to ever touch a basketball. It's not even debatable. He's the best scorer to ever touch a basketball. 
but his personality is trash. He's a passive aggressive guy. He's a very passive guy. He needed to take control of that team. Not try to pat around and be Westbrook's homie and stand up for him in these uh in these conferences and stuff. Hey, it's cool that uh Westbrook shoots more than me. Uh it makes it helps me be more efficient with my shots. That sounds dumb. The guy who's the best scorer on the team taking less shots than the guy who can't shoot is dumb. And to defend that in a press conference as if everybody else is an idiot except you is dumb. His inability to be a true alpha um, on the basketball court personality-wise, not play-wise, but personality-wise, and really take control of that team. That's why they weren't able to win. They didn't win anything. Durant was supposed to Michael Jordan that shit. It was supposed to be Westbrook who wanted to leave because he couldn't take how Durant was doing him. That's how it should have went down. But none of that... Uh, it's really, let's get back to my point. Talk about Russell Westbrook. My problem with Russell Westbrook right now, and it may not be entirely his fault. Maybe some of the, it, it may be some of the media and the fans' fault. I mean, if you know the media and the fans' fault, I mean, somebody, somebody's just down on their knees, just just sucking you off year after year. For double-digit years, just sucking you off. You're going to be a little confused when they start cussing you out. <laughs> You'll be a little confused. If every single day, when you come home, your woman says, Hi, honey. Drops to her knees and polishes you off. This goes on for five years. And then suddenly you start coming home and not only are you not getting polished off, but now you're getting lip and attitude and getting cussed the fuck out. You're going to react adversely as well. I mean, it's human nature. You're going to react adversely because you're used to being sucked. You're not used to being cussed out. So I don't know any human being that would handle it well, but he's handling it remarkably poorly. He's handling it remarkably poorly. Especially when the solution is play better. It's play better. Every single thing that's upsetting Westbrook can be fixed with better play. But he won't acknowledge that. He absolutely refuses to acknowledge that. He wants to play play grab ass and tiddlywinks with these reporters in these uh in these interviews. And he's just starting to look like a little fucking kid. Now he's mad. The, the newest thing, he's mad about West Brick. He's like, you're not going to, I'm not going to be called. You're not going to call me West Brick. Stop bricking shots then, nigga. What? This is the NBA. This is the National Basketball Association. You want to talk about, you know, your kids and all this shit. So what, what makes you so special? All the slander they toss. At LeBron James. All the slander that comes at all of every star in the NBA. You're in the public eye. You're going to be scrutinized. Especially guys are scrutinized when they're playing well. When LeBron is playing well. LeBron just scored 56 points in a win over the Warriors. And people found something scrutinized. You're always going to be scrutinized as a star player. 
You get no sympathy for that. Nobody feels for you. And that's what he's doing right now. He's trying to drum up some. That's he's always trying to drum up sympathy. I, I'm always a winner because coming from where I came from and overcoming. Man, don't nobody want to hear none of that shit, man. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about basketball. We're not talking about your life. We're talking about basketball. And the reason I, I was, I've been a Westbrook guy for so long. And I'm not anymore. I'm not, I fell off. Because for a guy who's done so much in this league, for him to just crumble, just absolutely crumble under public opinion like that, it's just embarrassing to me. It makes me, you know what I mean? It, it makes him look soft to me. It looks, it looks soft to me. It looks like you're a guy that can only, you know what I mean? You're, you, you can only be this Brody sneering, pumping your chest. You can only be that guy when there's no scrutiny attached. All of those, all of those seasons in OKC, Kevin Durant left. So you, you, he had that, he had that cop out. No matter, no matter what went on in OKC, he always had the cop out that the, the, the generational guy, KD, left to go play with the guys that we almost beat. KD's now the villain. He he's the bitch ass nigga, and I'm the real nigga who stayed home and is getting it done. So so we're, because of that, we're going to ignore the fact that I can't get out the first round. Uh, because of that, we're going to ignore the fact that I shoot barely thirty percent from the three point line. Because of that, we're going to ignore the fact that a rookie Donovan Mitchell packed my ass up and put me the fuck away in the first round of the playoffs. We're going to ignore that. Because Donovan Mitchell was the rookie of the year uh, that year Ben Simmons won it. Let's just be real. They don't want to count the playoffs. Playoffs should be counted in rookie of the year if you go. I mean, come on. Donovan Mitchell put the OKC Thunder away like a veteran, and he did it while Westbrook had help. He had Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and Donovan Mitchell put them away. But Kevin Durant left. I stayed home. I'm real. Nobody cares about that anymore now. Nobody cares how real you are. Nobody cares how aggressive you can play on the court. Nobody cares about the triple doubles. Because you've been doing it for so long. You've been here so long. We've seen all these tricks before. We've seen every single trick you have in your repertoire. But if you want to keep walking around with this bravado, you're going to need to start winning some games. You're going to start need to play better. And the reason I've lost respect for Westbrook is because in the face of this adversity of how poorly he's performing, he can't, he just can't own up to it because he's just so used to getting sucked. He's just so used to getting sucked. He just doesn't know what to do now that he's being criticized and yelled at instead of sucked. He doesn't know what to do. He, he doesn't have the ability to just humble himself and acknowledge he needs to play better. Westbrook has that not acknowledged. He has gone as far as saying in a press conference, I'm allowed to miss shots as opposed to I need to be better. He can't just say I need to be better. Instead, he wants to argue with fans calling him Westbrook. And that's the funny part. It's only going to get worse. Think, man. You're exposing your weakness. 
You're exposing your, you're heckling fans and you're getting up and I don't want my, you know, my, your, my son, you know what I mean? Seeing his dad and all Cause, cause you're the only NBA star with fucking kids. You're the only star in the NBA that has children and a family. Like, come on. You're the only guy in the NBA that overcame some adversity to get where he's at. Come on. Come the fuck on, man. They're going to be calling your ass Westbrook at every, every game now. You're on the free throw line, Westbrook. Stop calling me. You want people to stop calling you Westbrook? Stop bricking shots. Get in the goddamn gym. Fix your jumper. Do something. Shoot less. Do something different. Other than continuing to play the game the same way you always have. In bitching about the fact you're no longer getting sucked off for it. Because people would like to see some W's now. Because all your triple doubles and all your dunks and antics. You've been doing them for so long. That people realize, hey, hey, hey. Um, this ain't equating to nothing. This ain't equating to nothing. He can't play with anybody. He gets bounced in the first round every year if he does go. Hey, hold on, man. Smoke and mirrors. There's a bunch of smoke and mirrors, man. <laughs> bunch of smoke and mirrors. And he can't just humble himself and acknowledge his play is dropping off. The biggest problem with Westbrook's game is his inability to harmonize with another player. He's played with Durant. He's played with Paul George. He's played with Carmelo Anthony. He's played with Bradley Beal. Now he's playing with LeBron James, and he just can't make it. He just can't harmonize with anybody. And instead of looking in the mirror, he's... He's lashing out and throwing these temper tantrums like a fucking child. Complaining and crying about people calling him names. That's what he's doing. He's he's complying. These guys are calling me names. They're calling me Westbrook. Every single one of your problems are solved with better play. There's not a single problem you're having right now that isn't solved with better play. But instead of acknowledging that, you want to sit up and play grab ass with reporters. Oh, oh, since you know me, what did you envision? What, what, I didn't have any expectations when I came here. I, I didn't, you know, I don't have any expectations. Shut the fuck up. You just joined LeBron fucking James. And you don't have an expectation to win a championship? You were brought here for LeBron fucking James. And you don't have an expectation to win a championship? You've been in this league how many seasons? You ain't never, you've been to the second round once in how many fucking seasons? And you have no aspirations to win a conference finals? To win a championship? Of course you do. But being a real adult, mature person in that press conference and owning up to that is just out of his reach. It's out of his reach. And that's why, and that's why it's so much easier to paint him as the bad guy. It's so much easier to blame because it's not all Westbrook's fault. It's not. I mean, to be honest, they went and got Westbrook. Westbrook didn't ask to come to the Lakers. They went and got him. It's that front office and LeBron James's fault. You could have had Buddy Held, a young guy 
shoots the three ball at a 40% clip, and I'm pretty sure playing alongside Le- the accomplished likes of LeBron James and Anthony Stixon, Anthony Glassbones Davis, I'm pretty sure he'd fall in line. I'm pretty sure he'd be really um, amenable. I'm pretty sure he'd really be open to coaching and direction from these Hall of Fame guys. And I'm pretty sure LeBron James would have bought the best out of him. But you guys want to go for a name. You know, LeBron James wants to go for a name. Westbrook can still play LeBron. You know what I'm saying? He wants to go for a name. And now look what you got. You got Anthony Davis who can't even stay on the fucking court. And even when he does, he's inconsistent. And you got a fucking point guard who can't play with anybody. The guy who touches the ball the most can't harmonize with anybody. And he can't shoot. I mean, on paper, look at Westbrook's game. What under the sun made you think him coming to L.A. to be paired with LeBron and A.D. looked good? Buddy held is who you should have got, and you didn't. It's not Westbrook's fault. The Lakers aren't performing well. It's a poor roster. Avery Bradley, Kent Bazemore. Look at the guys on that team. It's a poor roster. It's not a successful roster. That's why they're not winning games. But LeBron James at 37 years old doing shit that is physically inconceivable. It's just hard to hang them. When a 37-year-old guy goes out and hangs 56 points, I mean... It's hard. It's hard not to blame everybody else around him. It's hard. It's hum- It's hard not to. This guy is turning the clock back. He is doing mind blowing things. LeBron James, his averages from when he started in the league to now are absolute. I don't think he's ever averaged less than like twenty six or seven points. I mean, it's totally nuts what he's doing. Nobody wants to bring up the point that he wanted Westbrook. And to his credit, he's a classy guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna open his mouth and, and say he made a mistake, but you best believe he knows it. You best believe LeBron James' close personal friends uh know how he feels about Westbrook. But he's a classy guy. He's not gonna come out and demand a trade, say he needs to be he's not gonna do any of those things. LeBron James is a classy guy. But Westbrook's poor play is just a glaring standout. Just a glaring standout. A guy making $47 million and makes his team worse every time he steps on the court. Sky's <laughs> pulling down almost 50 M's. And we're worse when he's on the court. You're going to be criticized for that. <laughs> Plain and simple. You will be criticized for that and to see him just fold and regress in maturity underneath this scrutiny it's no more scrutiny than public opinion it's really it's the court of public opinion Westbrook isn't getting and I'll even go as far as to say he's not even getting reamed like this if he's a more humble guy in the press conferences if he's just a transparent guy like hey man I'm, I gotta be better I'm letting my team down. I'm letting myself down. I got to find a way to play better. Got to find a way to be better. 
Even Paul George was able to come front forward and say that. I need to find a way to be better. I need to be better. Westbrook's not like that. Doesn't believe in it. It's not he's not able to do that. You know why? Because he's been getting oral from the media at large for so many years. Doesn't know what to do. Doesn't know what to do with adversity. I'm used to getting head, not headaches. What the fuck is this? Doesn't know what to do with it. Doesn't know what to do with it. So he's fucking crumbling to the point now. He's arguing with fans, talking about people calling him names and his family and what he wants to be. Have you heard the shit LeBron James has to deal with? There's audio of LeBron James at the end of the game. Somebody, some white bimbo is, hey, LeBron, why are you such a bitch? Like, <laughs> and you're complaining? About people criticizing you and calling you West Brick and how your son feels that you're complaining? Shut the fuck up, Westbrook. The fact you can't humble yourself and just play better or admit your poor play is a problem is real fucking nonsense, man. It's real fucking nonsense. But I'm not going to leave you guys on that. It's not the tip I'm going to leave you guys on. That is the real nonsense, Russell Westbrook. But I'm going to leave you, man, just with an update on my guy, Bradley Beal. So reports have surfaced that uh, Bradley Beal apparently wants to go to Philadelphia and form a big three with Joel and Harden, which, I mean, Just as a, a basketball fan and watcher and player, you know, just as a basketball guy, I can't, I can't find anything wrong with that. You know, being objective, you know, taking my fanship out of it, I can't find anything wrong with that. It's a great idea. I mean, it's a great desire, but he also wants his match contract. So they're, they're talking about it maybe a sign and trade situation or something. He wants he wants his two hundred and forty six M's. He wants that. But I, I just I just bring that up just to highlight uh, the type of town that Washington is, man. You heard me on that microphone. We just want to be loved. You heard me on the last episode talking about Bradley Beal, man. It's so funny. Bradley Beal has not made any type of commitment towards coming back to the Washington Wizards. Wes Unsell Jr. has said the fact that Bradley Beal is engaged with the team and his teammates. He travels to some games. He's there at home games. He travels some games. He's fully engaged with the team. And when he was asked if he was leaning towards re-signing with Washington, he didn't say yes. He didn't He didn't show any body language. He literally shook his head and said, that's fair. And Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, is off to the fucking races. Oh, that's a great sign for our team. Uh, I mean, soaking it up. Everybody's soaking it up, me included. And all this guy said was, that's fair. (laughs) Didn't say I want to be a wizard. Didn't say I want to stay here. Didn't say this is my city. He said, is it fair to say you're leaning towards signing, re-signing with the wizards? And he said, that's fair. And now we're getting reports that he wants to form a big three up in Philly. And of course, it's fair. 
to think that he's leaning towards resigning with the Wizards because the Wizards are the only team that can offer him a maximum contract extension of five years, $246 million. Doesn't mean he wants to keep playing here. Doesn't mean he wants to keep playing here. He's given no hints of commitment to the Washington. He said, is it fair to say you're leaning towards re-signing with the Wizards and for $246 million? Of course that's more than fair. Of course it is. You didn't ask, is he leaning to continue playing for the Wizards? You said if he's leaning towards re-signing. So Bradley Steele. <laughs> Bradley Steele, man. Might be at it. Might, you know, might be at it again. And I know I said Westbrook was the real nonsense, but man, I'll put some real nonsense on the coach, Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, getting so fucking excited for something that's not even a maybe. That wasn't even a maybe. For you to get that fucking excited about a guy saying it's fair that I want $246 million. Uh, now that's some real fucking nonsense. 